It was the common belief of many of the Jews of that day, without any basis in Scripture, I might add, that when a person died, their spirit or their soul hovered over the body or hovered just outside the tomb for a period of three days. And after three days, it was gone. John makes the point twice in our gospel lesson that Lazarus had been dead and in the tomb for four days. Now, it's awfully easy for us to sit here this morning and to listen to the account of this miracle in a very matter-of-fact way. But just stop for a moment and consider what's being described. Lazarus, a man who was dead for four days, comes walking again out of a tomb simply at the command of Jesus to come forth. It was incredible enough when Jesus simply gave the command and calmed the storm on the Sea of Galilee, or it was incredible enough when Jesus simply gave the command and demons came out of people, or it was incredible enough when Jesus simply gave the command and people were healed of their illnesses and diseases. But this is a miracle of a whole nother kind and level. Jesus brings somebody back from death to life once again, as he did two other times that we know of in the scriptures. But this time, the person was dead for four days. What an incredible miracle. But as incredible as that miracle is, it points ahead to another day when an even greater miracle will occur, the day when Christ returns and all will come out of their graves and tombs. In John chapter 5, Jesus talks about the day that the Son of Man will return and says there is a day coming when all who are in their tombs will hear his voice and come forth. In our gospel lesson, we have one man coming out of his tomb who's been there for four days. On that day yet to come, every human being who has ever lived on the face of this earth will come forth, some of them having been dead for thousands of years. Even those whose bodies were not ever reclaimed and weren't given a proper burial will have their bodies reconstructed, recreated, if you will, as will all of us as well, by the one who created all things to begin with. What a day that's going to be. What an existence that's going to be. We've never known an existence without sin around us. We've never known what it's like to live with a body that is not impacted by sin. Paul in Philippians chapter 3 talks about the joy and excitement of that day when he writes, We await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body through the power that enables him to subject all things to himself. And the older we get the more we appreciate the fact that on that day we will be reunited with all who have gone before us.
In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Paul assures us that on the day that Christ returns, he will bring with him all of those who have fallen asleep in him. And he assures us that the dead in Christ will rise first. Their bodies, their now glorified bodies, resurrected from the earth, reconnected with their souls who have been with the Lord since the point of death. And then those who are still alive also will be joined together with them. And Paul assures us from there we will be with the Lord forever in body and in spirit. That is our future. But today, we don't focus upon ourselves. We don't focus upon those who have gone before us. We don't even focus upon Lazarus, the subject of this great miracle. Our focus is where it always should be, upon our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has brought us life in the midst of death, who has come that we might have life and have it abundantly, who has promised Martha and all of us, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even though he die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in this one faith unto life everlasting. Amen. We sing all four designated